All right. This is baggage. We're going to talk about baggage today a little bit. Um, this particular, this is, I really like this bag. I've had this bag with me uh, different places in the world. It's been with me in Australia and Papua New Guinea and Costa Rica and Rome and uh, Mexico, all over the place. And so I've taken this bag all over the place. And so if you travel, you know this, and I know probably a lot of you have experienced this, you know, you have certain weight limitations, right? And if you go over those weight limitations, you, it's going to cost you. And so I don't know how many times that I have come up and thinking that I had hit the right weight and I'm, I'm all ready to go. And they say, sir, uh, you're three pounds over. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, okay, what's it going to cost? That'll be $300 extra. I'm like, are you kidding me? I, I can't pay that much money. So what you find yourself doing is having to take some of the baggage out so that the baggage doesn't cost you anymore, right? And so, um, like for me, you know, like I'm, I'll just tell you how I travel. So, you know, I got to take these along with me and do my push-ups, right? I mean, if you're going to travel, come on, you know, get out of shape otherwise. Um, you know, I always have to take my videos with me, so this is Beauty and the Beast. And it makes me cry every time. Uh, and then I always have to take a good book with me, John Grisham. You know, this, is, this one just came out recently. Or actually, this was, this was an older one. I have three or four of them in here. So um, really, I love a good John Grisham book. Uh, let's see, what else do I have in here? Okay. Oh, yeah, got to, uh, I, I just take a football everywhere, you know. I just, I love to throw a football around. Uh, so these, these are just some of the things that, uh, you know, I'll pack away. So I have to make a determination. And, and that is, what will I take out of this bag so that it doesn't cost me? Now, I think some of you are getting where I'm going. As, as, as we move into the new, not only the new year, but into the new decade, what kind of baggage might you be carrying that is costing you? See, that, that, that's what we're, we're going to talk about today. What is it that we need to leave behind in the past? You know, not the good things, but I'm talking about the things that are costing you, the things that you are, you know, dragging in, and uh, it's luggage, but it's not good luggage. It's luggage that's costing you something. So we're, we're going to talk about some steps today about how, that, how, how, do we, how can we move into the new year uh, without taking the kind of baggage that's going to be costly to us. All right, so we, we're going to find this in a story. Last week, uh, Tony uh, opened up our brand new series called 2020, and it's out of the book of Acts. And the book of Acts is absolutely one of my favorite books. I love it because it's about action. It's a, it's story, it's a story that moves really well. And so if you know anything about um, the author, Luke wrote the book of Luke, the story of Jesus, and then the sequel to that was this, the book of Acts. And this is the story of church. It's how the church started. And it's just a great story. So um, while you're turning there, just go to Acts chapter 1. Um, what's happened, just to kind of bring you up to speed on the story, is that, that Jesus, in the book of Acts, Jesus it's, it comes back from, you know, he, he, he's resurrected, and he's, he's visiting people all over the place. So for 40 days, Jesus is out and about. And he's talking to people. At one, at one point, over 500 people see him. So it's, it's known. I mean, Jesus is all over. He, he kind of makes these random appearances and scares people now and then. But it's, so it's kind of an interesting time in these 40 days. So at the end of 40 days, he meets up with uh, his, his followers, his disciples in particular, and he uh, gives them some quick instructions. He goes, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go back into Jerusalem, and I want you to stay there. And I don't want you to leave until my Father sends the Holy Spirit, and then everything's going to change. Now, they don't really know what this means. And then suddenly, poof, he's just gone. 
And so that, that's got to be a difficult moment for them because they had other plans. They were thinking, well, well this is the beginning. Jesus is going to lead the movement, and uh, he would, but he actually wouldn't be there like they thought he was going to be there. So this is where we pick up the story, the very next thing that happens as they make their way back to, uh, to Jerusalem. All right, beginning with verse 12. The apostles returned to, Jer- to Jerusalem from the hills called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath walk from the city. And when they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. And those present were Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, uh, Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. Eleven, not twelve. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, with his brothers. In those days, Peter stood among the believers, a group numbering about, about 120. And he said, Brothers and sisters, the scriptures had to be fulfilled in which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through David concerning Judas, who served as a guide for those who arrested Jesus. And he was one of our numbers, and he shared in our ministry. That must have been difficult for him to, to say that. And he shared in our ministry. And with the payment that he received from his wickedness, Judas bought a field where he fell headlong, and his body burst open, and all of his intestines spilled out. That's pretty graphic, isn't it? So I'm going to say this again. Um, there's two accounts of this. So the book of Matthew, if you read that, Matthew's account says that Judas went out and he committed suicide. He hung himself. But then if you read in uh, Luke, and then, of course, Luke writes this book too, he says that he fell headlong into this field and you know, spilled his guts out on a field. So which one is true? How, how do you reconcile this? So we did a little bit of research on this. It's, it's really, it's, what happens is he actually did hang himself, but actually after he had been you know, hanging around for a while, so to speak, um, his, either his rope broke or the branch gave way and then you know, probably bloated and whatnot, he fell into the field. Now, what's, what's interesting about this, I mean, just, just in case you, that was a burning question that you had, right? What's interesting about this is this is a fulfillment of prophecy, something that had been prophesied about a thousand years before. And, and, and if you ever, like, have moments of doubt about the Bible and you go, I don't know if the Bible's true or not, I, I just challenge you to, to do research on all the prophecies that have been fulfilled throughout the time of the Bible. It is like absolutely mind-blowing that like a thousand years before, this prophesied, was prophesied that would happen, and then it happens. Like you just can't make this stuff up. So anyway, um, he says in verse 24, Peter said, it is written in the book of Psalms, may his place be deserted and let there be no one to dwell in it, and may another take his place of leadership. Therefore, it's necessary to choose one of the men who have been with us the whole time the Lord Jesus was living among us beginning with John's baptism to the, time, to the time with Jesus that he was taken up from us, and from, those, and, and from one of these must become a witness with us in his resurrection, of his resurrection. And so they nominated two men, Joseph called Bersabbas, also known as Justice, and Matthias, and they prayed, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which of these two you have chosen to take over the apostolic ministry, which Judas left to go where he belongs. And then they cast lots, and the lot fell to Matthias, and he was added to the 11 apostles. Interesting the way that they uh, prayed, and then they cast lots. You know, and you like, may say, well, what is that? It's kind of like rolling dice. 
You may not know this, but that's the way we got Tony as our campus director. We just, we just rolled the dice and we prayed and, you know, he, I'm, I'm just kidding. Okay. So, um, what steps... Oops, wrong one there. There we are. The first thing we have to do is that we have to acknowledge... No, if we're going to get rid of the baggage here, right? Like, uh, yeah, I don't want to bring baggage into the next year. Um, that was painful. Or into the next decade. So what are we going to do? We have to, first of all, acknowledge the pain by finding a, play, a safe place, environment to, to talk about it. I was reading through the Proverbs the other day, and I came across this proverb, and it's uh, Proverbs uh, chapter 18, verse 1, and it says this. Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. Basically, what the author is saying is, look, it's not good to isolate yourself. Because um, there's, another, there's another proverb that talks about that there's wisdom in the counsel of people around you. Okay? And, and so, especially when you're going through a hard time and you need support, you need people around. Now, I'm, I'm not, talk, not talking about just any people, but I'm talking about people that care about you, people that have wisdom, and people that you can, you can feel safe with. So, in this particular setting, this is, this is traumatic to this group of guys, okay? Jesus is resurrected from the dead. Yay! Jesus just ascended into heaven. What are we going to do now? Well, that, that just kind of shot our whole plan. Uh, you know, what, what's, what's the next step for us? And so Peter stands up and he begins to say, well, and he, he starts to, with them, process this, sort of try to figure this thing out. And then look what he says uh, after he's talking. He says, he says one of our, our own numbers shared in our ministry. He was one of our own number. He was one of us. We traveled together. We did life together. We were with him. Can you imagine what that must have felt like to them? I wonder how many questions they asked himself. How did we not see it? Like, how did we not know? How could he have been with us these three years and we did so much life together and, and, and he's a betrayer. Like, how did we not know that? I wonder how many of us in somewhere in our past have had a similar experience in that we were betrayed by somebody or somebody did something that we never ever thought they would do and it just hurt so bad and, and you process it. That's, that's exactly what, what these guys are going through right now. So, and by the way, life groups are a great, great way to do that. Next week we're going to have our life group fair. Beautiful place, safe place to come into a group and, and just meet people. And, and, and really do life together with them. It's, and just, it, it's wonderful. I just encourage you to do that. Now, here, here's the thing as it relates to baggage, that if we don't address the baggage or the, or the past, that we're at risk of repeating it. So I wonder how many of you uh, have New Year's goals, New Year's resolutions, and all those kind of things. Probably a lot of those resolutions have to do with maybe not only being a better person, but not repeating something that you experience that you don't want to repeat again, Right? So, like, for, for some of you, it might be a relational thing. Uh, I always think about people that are dating. Uh, and, and, you know, and some, some people, they date, and they just keep, just, like, they end up with that same person. Like, how did I do this? I always end up with that same kind of person. It always goes bad. Why can't I figure this out? Or, or maybe uh, it's a financial thing. And, you know, and like, you, you enter into the year, and you go, you know what, my number one goal this year is to get out of debt. And you come to the end of the year, and you say, you know what, Amazon was my friend. And, and I just ended up buying all this stuff, and I'm in worse debt than I was. So we, we tend to have these sort of patterns established in our life. And, and, and the question is, how are we going to get out of it? And, and the way, one of the ways that you get out of it, you don't deny it. I mean, you have to address it. 
You have to call it out. You have to go, I have a situation, maybe a problem, whatever you want to call it, and say, and it's not good. It's not healthy. Maybe, maybe it's a physical one. And, and you know, I noticed I went to the gym the other day, and the place was packed. Ew, yeah. And uh, a lot of people that are really like, you know what, this new year, I got it. And I, I, I just, I applaud. The, they want to do that. But we have to address it. At least, at least those people are, are addressing the situation. And so this is what Peter's doing. He's brothers and sisters. The scriptures had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through David concerning Judas, who served as a guide for those who are arrested. Okay, it's like, okay, it happened. Can't deny it. Can't stop it. Can't, like, get around it. Let's just deal with it. It's not good. It doesn't feel good, but, but we have to talk about it. We have to deal with it. One of the things that you know to be true and I know to be true, and that is that painful circumstances can draw us together if we allow it to and, and really help us to refocus on our purpose. When, when, when uh, it says they all join together constantly in prayer, when Peter said that, there was a, a word that's used there, and the word is joined. They're joined together constantly. And in the, in the Greek word that was used there, it's kind of a unique Greek word, and it actually means that they were of one mind, one mind, one heart, one purpose, and incredibly unified. See, that's, that's the power of prayer, of coming together. And I, I know in, in this church, and a lot of churches, you know, we, we talk about prayer, but we're not always good at actually following through on prayer. Now, last week when, when Tony was here with you, he introduced what we're calling 2020 as a prayer guide. Uh, and so we're encouraging you to have 20 days of prayer and 20 minutes of every day, those 20 days. Uh, I just got into it this morning for the first time. I had just got back and got kind of, had kind of a crazy week, but it was awesome. And so um, I encourage you to do that. It'd be a great habit to start. It'll deepen your prayer life, and uh, um, I think it'll, it'll, it'll really bless, bless your life. But, there, but there's something powerful about not just having our own personal prayer life, but also praying for each other, being mindful of each other, being aware of each other and, and what's going on with each, uh, with each other's lives. And so I was thinking about this this morning, and I thought, you know what we ought to do? We, ought to act, we should just do it. We should practice it. We should pray for each other. Now, here's what I'd like you to do. I'm not, don't, don't get all crazy on me. You're like, oh, what's going to happen next? Just stay where you are. But I, what I'd like you to do is just close your eyes for a minute. Can you all just, just close your eyes for a minute? And I want you to think about somebody who needs your prayers. I want you to think about somebody who's hurting right now. And they just come right to your mind, okay? And, and what I want you to do, this is a great exercise, it's something we should do all the time. I want you to pray for them. That person needs to be prayed for. They, they need prayer. And if you're here this morning and you're hurting real bad, then, then pray for yourself. Maybe, maybe you're that person. But, but I, want you to, I want you to pray for somebody, if you can. And so just, we're going to take like one minute. It's going to be a minute of silence. I know silence is like, for some people, difficult you're going to be okay. Okay, so for one minute, with your eyes closed, let's just pray for somebody.
Okay. That was good. That was powerful. That's transformational. Because, see, in, in that just one minute, maybe less, somebody got prayed for that needed to be prayed for. And if, if, we, if, if we just walked out the door right now, we will have already accomplished a lot because we prayed for somebody who needed our prayers. And, and, and that's, that's the power of prayer. It's, it's, it's the power of being able to, to move forward together, not just individually, but to move forward and say we're going to support each other and pray for each other. And that's exactly what was going on with Peter and all the... They, they, they were confused. Believe me, they were. They were like, what's going on here? And we're going to keep pressing forward. But they were praying together. And it, and it kind of reminds me, you're probably wondering why you're looking at this picture right here. So Karen, my wife and I, we've been carrying a load for about three years, and I thought this picture defined it pretty good. That's just the way we felt. We felt loaded down for the last three years. And I've talked, if you've been going to this church for any length of time, you've, you've heard me talk about it. But, but about three years ago, my dad passed away, and you know, we grieved the loss of my dad, loved my dad. And then uh, it was time to move on. It was time to move on. So there was a home, and my two sisters and I, and we're, hey, let's, let's sell the home and then receive the blessing that dad left us. And then the, it just was nothing like that. For three years, it's been kind of a nightmare, and there's a whole bunch of details I want to get into. But let me just say, it's been incredibly difficult. My wife pretty much had to let go of her real estate business for a while, so that put us in debt financially because we had to make so many trips up north to the house and, and got involved with the family. And there's, so there was all these relational strains and all of this financial strain and a whole bunch of stuff going on. So three years of that, it's like, this is so difficult. God, are you ever, ever going to get us out of this? Now, some of you have heard me talk about this, and almost every year I talk about God gives me a word for the year. And I, I learned this a few years ago. And, and so I always say, God, what is my word for the year? So last year, uh, at the very beginning of the year, um, I said, Lord, I, I need a word for the year. And, and the word that he gave me was faithful. And he told me, it, it, it's not that you're faithful, Steve. He said, it's I'm faithful, and I'm going to show you that I'm faithful. And so, like, okay, God, show me. And so we come all the way to Christmas Eve, and suddenly every, everything that was supposed to happen happened. Just, it, it was like the heavens opened up, and just overnight, everything was wonderful. And my wife and I were like, wow, that is amazing. Now, I'm, I'm talking to God, I'm saying, really, do you always have to make me wait till the very end? I mean, you know, it's almost... 2020, but that's just the way God seems to work in my life. I don't know how many of you can relate to that, but I'm like, wow, you, you nailed it. You are faithful. You did come through. And so this year, as uh, I was contemplating my word of the year, uh, this last week we were up visiting our, our kids in New Mexico and, my, and our grandkids, and uh, so we're, we're traveling out of this little town called Rodosa, a beautiful little town in New Mexico, about 7,000 feet up, snow-capped mountains, and we're making our way down, and I've been, I'm already praying about that. I've been praying about it for two or three days. Lord, what, what, what's, what would be my word now? And I kid you not, I'm probably not very far down the mountain, and on the side of the mountain is this massive sign, and it says, Believe. And as soon as I saw it, I just felt the Lord say to me, that's your word, Steve, right there. Believe. And I'm like, and so and then I'm trying to make sense of that word. Like, oh, okay, well, I do. He said, not necessarily. 
I don't know if you actually believe that I was ever going to get you out of this. Remember I said I was faithful? Yeah? Do you believe? Yeah, I do, Lord. And so that's my word for the year. Maybe it would be a good word for you, too. As you enter into the new year, are you ready to believe that God is good? Are you ready to believe that God is faithful? That was, that was what God did in, in, in for me. And here's the beautiful part about it. I am no longer carrying extra baggage around. Last two or three years have been kind of difficult. There's been some, some baggage, to be sure. But I'm, I'm entering, my wife and I enter into 2020, and we're not carrying that extra baggage. Well, deal with it, out it, but then, then we have to read God's Word. What's so important about reading God's Word? God's Word informs us uh, about the issues in our life, okay? So, and and I, just, I just want to emphasize this so much. A lot of times we try to make sense of stuff that's going on in our life, and if it's, not, if it's apart from the wisdom of God, um, sometimes we don't get it right. In fact, sometimes we make it worse. So in, in Acts 120, it says, For Peter said, It is written in the book of Psalms, May his place be deserted, and let there be no one to dwell in it. This is kind of an aha moment for Peter, um, where he's saying, Wait a second. Wait a second. This was predicted like a thousand years ago by the prophets, that this whole thing would happen. And now we're just beginning to see it. You see, that, that, that is the power of, of God's Word. As we begin to, to read it and study it, and then it brings clarity to our life about what's going on in, inside of our life. That's why I, and I want to encourage you as much as possible this year to be a reader of the Bible. And, and I just first and foremost, I want to say we are here to help you uh, read the Bible, understand the Bible, um, explore the Bible. And, and so we have some tools. This is one of the tools right here. I, um, I talk about it quite a bit. It's called YouVersion. And uh, millions, not just thousands, but millions of people today, it's the biggest app in the world for the Bible, are using YouVersion. Uh, use that. It gives you daily plans. It gives you weekly plans. It gives you yearly plans. Um, all, all, just, just, just check it out. Uh, it'll, it'll really help you. If you don't have a Bible, we'll give you a Bible. Please, do not leave here without a Bible. But we are here to help you to, to begin your journey of, of reading the Bible. And then here's another one. Uh, we have a thing called Right Now Media, and this is accessible to all of you. If you go to our website, newbreak.org, um, you can get this, and there's great Bible teachers. So let's just say uh, you're a parent, and you're saying, you know where I'm struggling? I want to know how to raise my kid. You'll get some great, great uh, Bible teachers on here. Uh, on finances, almost anything that you can think of, um, you'll find it here. So encourage you, check that out. That'll help you to, to stay in the Word and, um, and really get some really powerful wisdom and counsel from, from the Bible. No, so let me go back to that question I asked a second ago. What do you do when stuff is happening in your life and it's not good, and it's painful, and it's confusing, and you're frustrated? What do you do? Like, how do you make sense of that? So if you're not doing it from the Bible, where is it coming from? Like, how are you answering the questions that you might be asking in your life? And so, I, just, just for fun, I was thinking of some of the things that people sometimes tell us to try to help us. Like, you're going through a difficult time, uh, and they might say something like this. They might say, time heals all wounds. Is that true? Does time actually heal all wounds? See, I, I, I'm a firm believer that, that God can heal all wounds in us, but I've known people that have never, ever healed from some of the wounds in their life. So though there might be some wisdom in that, that's not necessarily a true statement. 
entering God, it can change everything. How, how about this one right here? New year, new you. Doesn't that feel good? Ah, yes. But two months into the new year, you're like, you know what? I'm starting to feel like the old me. And that is not a good feeling. So it was helpful for a while, but was it really true? What if there actually was some baggage you were carrying and you're going, ah, it happens every year. Start feeling like the old me again. How about, how about this one right here? Today is the first day of the rest of your life. Isn't that beautiful? For some people, for some people, it'll feel like a prison sentence. Like, really? That's the worst news I've ever heard. Do you know my life? Okay, and then how about this one right here? And this, I've heard this in movies quoted. I, I hear people say this all the time, and I know that they mean this out of the goodness of their heart. But, but let me just say a couple things about this. So everything happens for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. See, I don't know if that's helpful when your mom dies of cancer. I don't know if that's helpful when a child is killed by a drunk driver. I don't know if that's helpful. If somebody absolutely devastated your heart, broke your heart, and then somebody comes up to you and says, well, you know, everything happens for a reason. And it's not biblical. Now, there's, there, there's reasons, but they may not be good reasons. There's a lot of good and evil forces out there today. So I'm just saying, where are you getting your wisdom from? So here's another one. Don't worry. Be happy. How many of you remember that song? still love that song. Every time I hear that song, I'm like, yes, yeah, it's great, you know, and I try to apply that, but there are some days I'm like, I'm trying to be happy, but I'm not very happy because things have really gone bad today, but don't worry, be happy. Oh, it's not working. <laughs> I wonder if it's still working for him. That was a one-hit one wonder, the guy that wrote the song. I don't know. I hope it is, but, but just these little things that, that we, we bring into our life, and we say, yeah, that, that'll get me through. But what about, what about the wisdom of God? I mean, these are the things that have helped me through, through my life. In, in Philippians 4, 13, whatever I have, whatever I am, I can make it through anything and the one who makes me who I am. Another translation says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. You know, sometimes I just grab onto that. I'm going through a hard time. And that, I find that to be so helpful. Here's, here's some more. I'm just going to give you a couple of verses here that, so you can just sort of grab a hold of some of the wisdom and the truth of God. This is in the Old Testament. Like some of you might go, you know what? I'm okay with that New Testament. Man, that Old Testament, I don't know about it. Check this out. Lamentations chapter 3, verses 21 through 24. It says, yes, this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. How many of you need hope coming in the new year? I mean, I think we could all use a little bit of that, right? I have hope because of the Lord's great love we're not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, I say to myself. The Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. Those are amazing, hopeful, powerful words that we can apply to our, our, our life. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purposes for them. You know, bad things do happen sometimes. And you try to, you think, is there, is there any hope in this? Is there anything good that can come out of this? And so often, if you'll let enough time pass, you'll begin to see that there's some undercurrents of, of God's work in, in that. So many times I've seen that in, in, in my own life. And then it goes on, uh, verse 39, it says, 
No power in the sky or on the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that's revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. On maybe those days when you're not feeling loved, you can know that God loves you all the time, no matter what. Just some, some powerful verses that will help you through. And so, the baggage. What are we going to do with it? Well, we're going we're to out it. We're not going to hide it. We're not going to deny it. We're not going to run away from it. And then we're going to try to get perspective about it from God's Word. And then finally, we're going to trust that God's plans have no dead end. You know, as far as, far as the apostles were concerned, they could have said, this is the end. But they, they had enough faith, they had enough history with God to say, no, I think he's got more. Verse uh, 20, may another take his place of leadership. They said, you know what, we're just going to take the next step. We don't know how this is actually going to play out, but we are taking the next step step. And maybe for you here this morning, that's it right there. You're saying, you know, I don't have a lot to go on. Last year may have been kind of difficult, but uh, by faith, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to believe, you know, take Steve's word, I'm going to believe and I'm going to take the next step of faith for, for, for my life. So this is what's interesting about that Peter said this. So how many of you have discovered that some of the failures in your life are building blocks for your life? And the only way that they become building blocks as if you learn from your failures. If you don't learn from your failure, you're just doomed to just keep repeating it. But if you learn from it, it's powerful. So here we have Peter. It says, Peter stood up among the believers. So here's Peter, great Peter, right? And, and he's getting ready to talk to everybody. Like, wait, wait a second. Are we talking about the same guy that had denied that he even knew Jesus when Jesus was moving towards the crucifixion? Denied him three times? The Bible says that after he denied him the third time, Jesus took the ra- turned around, looked straight at Peter, and Peter realized what he had done, and, and he ran away crying. That Peter? That's the guy? Yeah. And what gives him the right to think that he can stand up right now and, and, and say anything? Remember, Peter was also the guy that one day, it was one of those aha moments, you know, for, for Peter and Jesus, and and, and basically, Peter said, you're the Messiah. And he made this great claim. And, and Jesus said to Peter, he said, you are the rock. I'm going to build the foundation of the church on you. You might remember that. And then, so, here he is. So, what, what happened between those times? Well, here's what happened. You go to John chapter 21, and one day, and this is after the resurrection, and shortly before Jesus ascended, one day, Jesus is uh, cooking up some fish on the beach for the guys. They just come out on a boat. They were out fishing. They just come in, and the next thing they know, they're around a big old beautiful campfire, and uh, Jesus has breakfast for them. Isn't that great? And, and while they're there, Peter is sitting there, and I, I have to imagine that Peter is thinking, you know, I hope that, I mean, this is great, but I'm kind of hoping Jesus doesn't bring up that denial thing. Like, really hoping he doesn't talk about that. But this is a true come-to-Jesus moment. There's business that has to be taken care of. So Jesus says to Peter, Peter, do you love me? And then he says it three times because there was, well, three denials. Peter, do you love me? Peter says, yeah, 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 I do love you. He says, I want you to feed my sheep. In other words, take care of my church. Peter, do you love me? Yeah, 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 I said it the first time. Do you love me? Okay. I just take care of my church. Hey, Peter, do you love me? He says it the third time. By the third time, Peter was really hurting. He says, cut right to the heart. And he goes, Lord, you know all things. You know. This is good. There must have been that look between them. He said, 
take care of my sheep, feed my, feed my people, take care of my church. And it was done. It was done. It was a sealed. He was forgiven. He was commissioned. He was back. And that's why he could stand up in this moment and say, okay, I've learned. I failed for sure. Failed big. But I've learned from my failure, and I am ready to move on. And I've been commissioned by God. I, I know God wants to do the same thing in our lives as well. There may have been a big failure last year, maybe somewhere in the last decade. You know, it didn't go well. But God wants you to get back up. He wants you to know that if you'll seek him, it's forgiven. He wants you to learn from your mistake, learn from your failure, and then just move on. He does not want you to be hauling this around, baggage of whatever kind it might be. So here's some processing questions that I think might help you. And I, as we're going through just a few questions here, I want you to process this through your life. I want you to think very personally about what this means to you, all right, how this fits your life. And the first question is this, have I processed, have I actually processed the past and with whom? Because our past always involves people. Have I actually done that? Are, are you carrying some of this into this year and you maybe should go back a little bit and process it a little bit more and deal with it a little bit more? Here's another one. Um, have I asked God and others for forgiveness where I was wrong? See, it's hard to move forward if, if, you know, if you did something, or if you and I did something, we really hurt somebody, and then we just can't blow it off and go, well, you know, as last year, this is this year, no big deal. No, no, somebody, somebody got hurt, and that needs to be dealt with. How about this one? This may be even a rougher one. Have I forgiven others who caused me pain? You do not want to be dragging bitterness in your heart around, resentment in your heart around. It'll mess you up. Last three years, just confessional moment, there were a couple of people that really made my life difficult. I mean, really, really difficult. And I found myself over and over and over forgiving. I had to. I had to. And so some, you say, well, it's one thing to forgive a person for one offense, but what about two, and what about three, and then what if it just keeps on happening? You know what Jesus said? You just keep forgiving. He told Peter that. How many times should I forgive my brother? Seventy times seven. You just keep forgiving. That's how you go forward. Have I forgiven that person I need to forgive? Otherwise, you carry this. And then what, finally, what is, what is it that keeps me from stepping forward? for God's plans and purposes for my... Is there something holding you back? You, you, you say, well, I want to embrace the new year and the new decade, and I'm, I'm good to go, but there's this one thing, if I'm really being honest about my situation, and it needs to be addressed. It needs to be confessed. What would that be for you? So that you can go forward and really have God's blessing all over your life and all over this year. Here's a question. You're going to let failure be the last word in your life, or will you allow God to redeem your past? So I talked about Peter, but there's one more character I didn't talk about. And that's Judas. Peter failed, and of course Judas failed. Judas obviously betrayed Jesus. Here's the tragic part of this story. He could have been forgiven just like Peter. He could have received the grace of God just like Peter, but he chose a different path. Instead of saying, I'm going to go forward with my life, I'm going to trust in God's grace, he just took his own life. I, I, I often talk to people outside of faith 
And one of the things that they tell me is, you, you have no idea what I've done. You have no idea. And they, they somehow think that they're disqualified from the forgiveness of God or the love of God or the grace of God. And there's, there's nothing that can be further from the truth. And if you think that, you need to know how big and wide and expansive and is the love of God and, and, and the grace of God. Well, I want to leave you with this beautiful quote from C.S. Lewis. He said, you can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and you can change the ending. We can all, we can walk out of here today all charged up and go, yeah. But if you're carrying too much of this baggage, whatever it would be, it's going to cost you. You don't want to drag it into the new year. So let me pray for you, okay? <laughs> Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a forgiving God. We thank you that you understand that we're human. We make mistakes, we fail. But the greatest thing, Lord, is that you never give up on us. You never do, never. Your patience is incredible. And Lord, as, as we think about our life, as we think about this year, where we're at today, it could be that some of us, there are some things that we need to deal with. Maybe there is somebody that we need to forgive. Maybe there's a, something that we need to talk about. Maybe a, there's a pattern in our life and we're not being honest about that pattern. It just keeps becoming our problem and, and messing our life up. And I, I just pray that in this moment, you give us absolute clarity about what you're saying to us, about what the next step would be for our life, for our situation. Help us all, everybody in here to know the Lord, there is a beautiful, beautiful future that you have for us. Can't carry our baggage into it and that you'll help us deal with that, whatever, whatever that looks like. Maybe we need to go talk to a counselor or something. But Lord, whatever that is, help us to come in with a clean slate in this new year. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.